The Old Testament reading for this morning and the basis for our meditation together comes from the prophet Jeremiah, beginning in the 33rd chapter at the 14th verse. Jeremiah wrote, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will dwell securely. And this is the name by which it will be called, the Lord is our righteousness. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? O Holy One, when what we have is yours and what we receive is a gift from you, we offer up our words of prayer in the knowledge that you are the word from whom all our prayers flow. We pray with grief for the things that have broken your heart. We pray with joy for the things that have made you dance. O Lord, teach us how to love what you love and show us how to nurture what you nurture. Reveal to us how to speak your word today and in the days to come. Amen. In the parable of the giving tree, a young boy would gather his favorite tree's leaves on mild autumn afternoons, and he fashioned them into a crown for his head and played king of the forest. The tree was fun to climb, and he loved to eat its delicious apples. The boy enjoyed swinging from the tree's branches and discovered a shady resting place beneath those same branches on hot summer days. As the boy became a teenager, he visited the tree less frequently. He did stop once to carve his initials and those of his girlfriend on the apple tree's tree trunk, framing them with a heart. And as the boy matured and his interests changed, he found that he needed spending money, so he picked the tree's luscious apples and sold them at the farmer's market in town. As an adult, he cut off many of the tree's branches to provide lumber for his young family's new home. And during his middle years, he found himself with leisure time and cut down the tree's trunk to fashion a sailboat's hull. And where a magnificent tree had once stood, spreading its leafy branches toward the heavens, all that remained was a stump. And in his final years, the boy now an old man returned to the remaining stump to sit and rest his weary bones and to reminisce of days gone by. But that stump wasn't the end of that memorable old tree. For from stumps that have seemed long dead, new shoots can spring to life and become trees once again. For you see, God can make the dead come alive. And God is making all things new when an old stump is reborn into shoots of tomorrow. You know, from the very beginning in Scripture, the tree has been a symbol of life. 
The tree's branch became a biblical symbol for newness growing out of hopelessness and was a way also of speaking about the expected Messiah. Our earthly lives are branches that continue to grow and bear fruit, the kingdom's branches that are spread throughout the world. Now, Advent for us is a time of year when many of our trees have lost their leaves. Metaphorically speaking, we also lose our leaves in the autumn of our lives, and it might be easy to give up hope. In a Peanuts comic strip, Lucy looks up to see one solitary leaf clinging to a tree branch, and she says, stay up there, you fool. And a gentle breeze lifts the lone leaf from its branch, and Lucy watches as it spirals downward toward the ground. Oh, good grief, she exclaims. You wouldn't listen, would you? Now it's the rake in the bonfire. You just can't tell these leaves anything. With God, we know now to look past the falling leaves and the stark branches of winter. For within each tree, there is dormant new life. Beyond winter, the rebirth of spring awaits. Life in that old stump is ready to spring forth and sprout anew. In death there is resurrection. People will again have hope for new life in God. You know, we talk about this being the new church year, and in many ways, I think, Advent is a very confusing season. If you think about it, we long for a baby that has already been born. We wait for a Savior who is already among us. We watch for God's future that is being born in us today. We look for Emmanuel, God with us, who came and is coming and who lives among us right now. <clears throat> You're going to be happy for that sunlight in about two months. Jeremiah shows us how to live in this here and not yet here time in which we long for God. We long for God's future. And at the same time, we receive with joy the future that God is already bringing into our present condition. We do not experience complete peace, but we do catch a glimpse of God's peace we do not show God's love to one another in all its fullness, but we do recognize in each other that God's love is here. We do not exhibit the full perfection of hope and joy, but we do see the new green sprouts of hope and joy starting to emerge. So Jeremiah trusted the promise of God, believed in hope. Now folks, you need to know when Jeremiah speaks this word, he is a prisoner. He's about to be carried away by the enemy Babylonians. Jeremiah is under siege from all sides. The bad for him is imminent and inevitable. Nothing in his circumstances says hope. And Jeremiah did not have some special insight. He did not see his hopes fulfilled in his lifetime. 
He did not witness this righteous branch spring up. He saw instead Jerusalem destroyed, the temple flattened, and David's line, the monarchy that was supposed to last forever, ended. There will be times, and perhaps you've had them, when life challenges the validity of our hope. This is where Jeremiah lived. He knew pain. He knew exile. But he knew hope. And hope, folks, most often springs to life in the middle of hopelessness. Maybe because that is where it is most needed. And maybe because that is God's history with us. With God, there is always hope. We ultimately hope whether we know it or not. Because God is our hope. And God has a future for us, even if we cannot see it through the darkness. I hope you feel better. I hope you get an A in that class. I really hope she likes me. I hope to make a difference in the world. I hope their marriage makes it. I hope I get a raise. I hope we all know peace by Christmas. You know, almost every day we use that magical word. It is tough to live or even just to make it through the day without hope. So what is hope? Well, I guess I would define it like this. I think hope is a vision for better days that actually changes life in the present. Hope is a vision for better days. You know, there is something up ahead, right around the corner, in sight, and it is good. But that good future isn't something that's just abstract, because it reaches in and transforms how we feel and how we act in the present. So once again, in this Advent season, we tell Israel's story of hope against hope. We believe in the promise of a shoot coming forth from a dead stump, of a king who executes justice. And in faith, we're not only, we, were, we are ready to remember not only the promise, but also the fulfillment. Because we retell the story of Jesus, the one who identified with us, with our despair and even our death, in order to be its undoing. A branch from a stump, a hope for new life, as we prepare ourselves once again to receive the mystery of Jesus. Amen.